Kimberly here. This is Macabish, cults, classics, and horrors. We're talking films, series, books, and life, and we're starting right now. And you know what you say about um, the movie being edited for streaming and all that? Me personally, that's why I usually have like every incarnation of one movie because I want to get the whole story. Right. And specifically for indie filmmakers, if you're a studio, they let you get away with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Spielberg, it's like Poltergeist was PG. What? That movie would be NC-17 these days with the guy ripping his face off. And Jaws, you know, it's got nudity in it. All PG movies had nudity back then. The reason PG-13 exists is because of Spielberg. I mean, he's always pushing the envelope, uh, which is amazing. But they don't let, if you're you're not a studio, they don't let you get away with that stuff. So the way I see it is, is it's someone's job to to cut out some stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So... That's more advice on filmmaking is shoot way more than you ever expect to get in the movie. Like just go all out and then wait for them to tell you to pull it back. And then hopefully you'll end up about where you wanted to be. I thought, well, I'll just put a, you know, a couple really hardcore scenes in there. And then of course, those are the first things they pull out. So I took the opportunity to go back and put way more back in overcompensate, but Definitely just go for it when you're shooting. I always wanted to shoot like right on the PG-13 R-rated line, even though obviously I love R-rated horror, but you you also have a responsibility to sell that thing and you never know. You want to be able to go either way. The first distributor I took it to is like, just go for it. So when you're indie, that's the whole point is that you can do that. The That's the studios can't do that. So they can go, you know, they can have a couple scenes in it. It's like, like wow that would never be in a pg-13 movie but for the most part they can get away with it so yeah when you sign a deal with the distributor they you know i guess you need to look at the fine print but you know they can edit the movie to because they're trying to sell it our voodoo version is probably a little different than our amazon version which is a little different than you know uh, the one that went to cable boxes but who knows i mean every this is all changing now there's new streamers coming up so there's new competition so maybe you know and you know people realize now that horror i mean what kind of movies do we have now in when we used to go to theaters we've got superhero movies and horror movies i start off in comedy and when i started writing horror everyone's like ooh, horror and those comedy they don't make comedy films anymore you know horror fans are loyal and they come out opening weekend and that's what the studios care about and they're a great uh, balance between all the kitty movies, what yeah. Lloyd Kaufman calls baby food. <laughs> if you want to see an adult movie now, you kind of go see a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Not that kind of an adult movie. <laughs> grown up for grown ups. That's what I love. I love I love the pushing of the envelope that you can do and the dark storytelling. And you can you I mean you can do everything. I mean, I got to play with special effects. Not only that, it's like it's like we've said before, it, it, you can cover a lot of topics like you can discuss a lot of social issues even in horror uh, and get away with it more than in any of the mainstream movies right absolutely it's like i was uh i was talking with eli roth and uh he uh 
not name dropping. He, I'm just showing how brilliant he is on all his movie <laughs> knowledge. We're talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and he's like, you know, it's all about the Vietnam War, and this is a nuclear family that is uh, churning teenagers. Through, and I was like, wow, you know, it's a you can really tell the story. And, you know, it's like science fiction, but science fiction movies are hard to get made because they require bigger budgets. Or you can tell, you know, a good metaphor. And you really can go anywhere. I, I think my biggest pet peeve is when people say, well, this isn't realistic at all. It's horror. I don't want realism. I want realism. I'll go outside. I want something that is crazy. I want it overly dramatic, as gory as possible. Don't cut off a finger, cut off a whole hand. That's what right, I want right. to see. Well, there, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, horror fans that feel, you know, some horror fans think, this is silly and this is scary. And it's, you know, I was having a meeting one time. I swear, this is like a high level meeting. I won't mention the company. And I was pitching a horror story with uh, demons. And uh, they were like, you know, um, kids don't really uh, embrace demons. They can, you know, cause it's all fake stuff. So uh, we want to ground it more in reality. So can they be aliens? <laughs> I was just like okay so don't like religion themes I'm Catholic so I love the exorcist and any kind of demonic theme um, so but it's like but but kids know aliens more believable so it's like everyone has a different opinion but there's plenty of different kinds of horror I have a friend that like he likes Friday 13th because it's realistic it's like that's how people get killed he doesn't like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street because all these crazy scenarios in his words fake and I love I first started really loving I mean I start off with Texas Chainsaw Massacre that was my first movie ever but when I saw Nightmare on Elm Street I was just like it was so scary but it was so cool you had to keep watching it you know mm -hmm. couldn't take your eyes off the screen so that always appealed to me I like movies that are out there but then make you feel like that really could maybe right maybe not really but maybe <laughs> that's what i like i mean you get you get you can have sci-fi elements you can have fantasy elements you can do so much with horror oh yeah you can do like you said set grounded in realism time travel evil dead <laughs> army of darkness earlier you mentioned going to conventions and you know speaking with the guests and and pitching your movie and Forget how you I want said, it they're going to hate me how <laughs> <laughs> you were looking to do that with um felicia rose is there an iconic horror actor who you would love to work with you know you know felissa rose i mean i'm a former camp counselor and that i mean sleepaway camp is oh, so good the ending of sleepaway camp is like the best uh five minutes of, of any horror in my opinion i mean it's traumatizing and mm -hmm. scary and it's just so amazing and the whole movie is great too and she does a great job in it um uh you know i also let's see any other horror icons um yeah i mean you know there's just there's just so many i i do have i specifically have someone in mind but i I want to keep it a surprise for the sequel. So I'm trying to think of someone other than person. <laughs> <laughs> because it gives away a plot point of the sequel because, we, mm. Oh, you know, um, 
you know who I love, like, uh, I love the lead actor in Wishmaster, um, Andrew. Oh, Divoff. Andrew Devoff. Yeah. Oh, dude, I would kill to work with that guy. <laughs> He's so amazing. And uh, yeah, so I'm a huge Wishmaster fan. Wish- we just watched the rage with him. He was the best thing in that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have seen that. Oh, yeah, he is great in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, w- I would love to work with him. I tried to get uh, Sid Haig in Knucklebones during the reshoots, oh. but um, mm. I think his health had gone down, or uh, he hated my writing for the <laughs> scenes. The scenes I wrote for him, one of those two. But uh, that's someone I met at, the con- at a convention, and that's how I, you know, started talking with his agent, uh, sent him some scenes. But you know, um, that that did not happen. But I don't know. Really, Felissa Rose. I mean, I think you know, uh, I think she's amazing. Is there a movie that, if you could, would you remake it with your own touch? Yes, Wishmaster. Wishmaster. Also, okay. also Pumpkinhead. Those are my top two. And whenever they get mentioned online on Twitter or something, I always pitch myself. I love both of those franchises, and I would definitely uh, do that. I mean, obviously, I would love to do Friday Thirteenth too. I wanted, I want to see Jason in the snow. Um, I really wanted to put Knuckle Bones in the snow in the sequel, but I didn't go that direction. But I always think that's a cool concept. Maybe we can get a knuckle bones somebody in Slasherland mashup. Well, you know, it's funny you'd say that because uh, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, there was a movie that came out like right after knuckle bones called Mr. Bone Jangles. Mr. Bone Jangles. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but it's on my list. He's a, he's a serial killer also. And it's like, they're being attacked by zombies. He's a prisoner, but he's a serial killer, but he's kind of supernatural. And they have to unleash him uh, to deal with the zombies and all the, and lots of other crazy stuff. The movie is insane. But uh, some of the fans online were like, wanted a versus movie. And I've actually uh, talked with the director about it. But um, uh, Knucklebones versus Bone Jangles or vice versa. But to, we haven't found a way to make them mesh yet. Uh, in some ways, they're too similar in some ways they're too far apart when you see the movie you'll see what i'm talking about but it's definitely a great movie bone jangles um and uh he's a great character and it's really funny i mean it's a lot f- more hilarious than i thought it would be have any of y'all seen it i'm gonna I, watch that no. I've seen it, no. <laughs> soon <laughs> I really want to see that matchup though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So that we've we've been in talks. So we'll see awesome. if something comes of that. Well, you could always come up here to Canada too and shoot uh, knuckle bones in the snow. We have snow a lot. I would love it. Can we stay with you? I I don't have a <laughs> lot of room, but sure, I'll figure it out. I got a couple of couches. You know, I, I think it'll work. I need lodging and I need a building uh, that I can burn down. <laughs> I can't really help you with the second one, but I might be able to arrange the first one. I've got a buddy that's got like a ranch in Colorado that's got like this old Evil Dead looking cabin. And every time I see him, he goes, You know, if you shoot a movie there, I'll let you burn it down. <laughs> I, was <just> like, <laughs> I was just like, I'm trying to come up with a way to <laughs> go shoot something there. So 
awesome. Dude, I would love to shoot in Canada. So. You can always save it for Knucklebones 5. <laughs> that would be uh, awesome. Hard 5 already. <laughs> he starts going downhill. You got to put him in the snow. That would be awesome. Oh, no, definitely. I would love to put him in the snow. I mean, slashing through the snow. <laughs> Perfect. It writes this movie. <laughs> exactly. It writes. Uh, now it's funny. One uh, one person on Twitter uh, was talking about the movie, and she was making fun of the dialogue. And she was like, "I hate this dialogue," but the demon is hilarious. I mean, his one liners are amazing. This demon, and I, I normally don't respond, but I was like, "You know, that was in the script, right?" He didn't just show up on set and start spouting one-liners. Like, they're supposed to be lame. He's supposed to be way cooler than them. That's like the setup. And I, but I, you know, I did spend forty minutes setting up one joke at the beginning of the movie with the "That's what she said." <laughs> yep, that had a solid payoff too. Thank you. Well, yeah, and I noticed the uh, all the negative reviews. I don't get it. I mean, did they not watch past the first few minutes? Well, I, really, I mean, if you read the reviews, they like gave up on it in the first 15 minutes. So that's right. why I did the director's cut because anyone that starts watching it when knuckle bones emerges is pretty much invested mm-hmm. at that point. Because <laughs> he, Tom did such an amazing job behind, behind the mask. We had some prosthetics that were looked amazing, but it's still a guy in a mask. Right. And but he gets compliments on his acting all the time. I would definitely uh, love to do that. I tried to deviate from the formula a lot of that. I mean, because like in Hollywood, it's like there needs to be a scare every five pages. And I wanted it to be once Knucklebone comes out, it's like a roller coaster going downhill. Like I mean, not in a bad way, <laughs> in an exciting way. It's mm-hmm. like action all the way to the end. So and I wanted to slow burn at the beginning, but um i did learn that you know you need to need to put some some good scares in throughout and it's hard to do that without you know cheating and doing like flashbacks and stuff like that mm-hmm. because you're establishing your your main cast during that time too so well i thought it was really good i thought it was a really good setup but mm-hmm. thank you yes i mean there's like there's like fives and ones <laughs> it's like those are the those are the reviews yeah people that gave up so uh, but no i've I, you know uh i've gotten so many good reviews and i have you know every few days someone uh messaged me about a sequel so i really want to do the sequel show people where else we can take this character and uh he is me and uh i'm ready to kill some more horny teenagers <laughs> well we really want you to do the sequel too so whatever we can do we will try thank you Thank you. You're welcome. And I would love to shoot you in Canada. Where do you live in Canada? Um, we're we're both actually we're up in Ontario. We're um, I'm about an hour west of Toronto. Carlos is about half an hour west of Toronto. So we're in the same general region. They live awesome. on the same street. Wander the street. You'll find them. I want I'm trying hard not to talk about the sequel. <laughs> i'm trying hard to just let it low so maybe I you will randomly can't. start talking about <laughs> the sequel. i did say i want to put felissa rose in it that's the only hint i will give you that's okay. a solid tease it really is there's a lot of good solid teases which is why it would be such a downer if it didn't happen mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we got a good, really good response. Uh, we have, we have, like I said, we've got our German fan base, but we also have a big following in the UK. We premiered at uh, Fright Fest UK and everyone there has been so supportive of the movie. So we're definitely going to do our best with COVID. We shot a little teaser for our home game edition, which will be online soon at Knucklebones with a Z. That's, that's pretty neat. But, uh, you know, hopefully everything will be back to normal by the summertime. That's the second hint. Okay. Gonna be, well, I'm going to be stalking you. The whole <laughs> yeah, I'm already stalking Knucklebones on Instagram. So. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I need to post more on Instagram. I need to uh, get that. We got we got we got a couple cool things coming up that I can't talk about yet. Also related to Knucklebones. So keep following Instagram at Knucklebones Movie for everyone. Yeah, I'll put all your your links and stuff in the description box. And you know, that's funny. You mentioned that I wasn't sure if that Instagram page was a just a distributor's page well I, I got back the rights to put out the director's cut i mean there's still contracts existing but um so i'm running all the the socials for it now oh, okay but, you know we're really happy with the distributor we had we had, a, we had a great run and we're still having a great run uh i really wanted a director's cut but our distributor did not want to do a blu-ray because they got burned by walmart um when you put it when you put stuff in walmart you gotta you know make a bazillion copies Mm -hmm. you gotta buy back the ones that don't sell and when they have you know a ton of movies but i think it's going back to uh, especially after a year in lockdown people are you know like us like to have physical media i think too there's there's so much stuff now older movies older tv shows and things that are just they're being removed from circulation due to you know content that now you know five, 10, 20 years later is considered offensive. So that's why I like to have my physical media too, because I mean, you can't take that away from me. Definitely. I mean, Netflix used to have everything on it and now they're becoming like Blockbuster became with, you know, it's all big releases, new releases. I believe you can still sign up for the DVD Blu-ray program and get more long tail, you know, a little bit of everything. But then you got things like Shutter, which is amazing putting up all this great horror and Joe Bob, my personal hero. There's still some places to find good horror. I find myself buying more through social media, the physical copies, director's cut than I ever have before the pandemic. Well, there's also been a, you know, a shift in uh, watching with audiences. Like um, a lot of these A's movies that like nudity was the draw because that was the only place there was nudity. You know, there was the Sears catalog and there was, uh, you know, <laughs> went to movies. But now there's so much nudity on the internet. It's like a lot. It's like they don't even care if you put nudity in movies anymore. And it's hard, you know, that's much harder to get in than the graphic violence where you really get in trouble is when you combine the two, which I did. Um, <laughs> Quite <laughs> successfully. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, oh, that was such a great scene. Thank you. So yeah, it had yeah. The, it had the same shock value as the um, the woman saw it in half and terrifier. Oh, thank you very much. That, yeah, that as I was watching it, I was like, oh my god! Like that is it, it gave me that same feeling. As much as it was expected, it was so completely unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know how horrible it was going to be. 
Thank you. Man falsetto really helped. That was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's you know it's like normally women get killed and these female characters get killed because they're great screamers and guys aren't. But he's a pretty good screamer. I thought. Yeah, he is. Screamed quite well. Yes. And he had to do it for hours. Brian did an amazing job. Yeah, that was definitely my my Super Bowl Sunday because when I saw it, it was on a Sunday. There was so much yelling. It was a great time. I, I have to thank you. I was texting everybody I knew. I was like, you got to see this movie. This is crazy. It was great. And that's how but, I want all my horror movies to always be, and very few of them are. Thank you. That And, you know, sometimes I'll play, you know, I'll get on Twitter and see what people are thinking. And, like, about that same time, there was someone tweeting this, like, oh, this movie's terrible. I hate this dialogue. And I was just following, and it was just – she made like 15 posts. It's like, oh my God, that was the most, that, okay, that kill was pretty awesome. I think I'll keep watching it. Oh my God, he just said, that's what she, he's like, this guy keeps saying, that's what she said. That's so lame. Oh my God, the demon said it. And <laughs> by the end of her, you know, Twitter chain, she was, she loved, she was loving the movie. Oh, but back to the scene of the meth heads uh, and the kills there. Todd actually uh, snorted that it was a baking soda up his nose oh, your big, your big <laughs> friends your big friends todd your big fans of, and of his yeah so he's method and uh i mean because we were like what does meth look like because we're all movie nerds we don't do meth mm-hmm. <laughs> so so and then uh, then like you know after we shot it or, or maybe like years later he's like you know i really snorted that and my head hurt for like a week so maybe that's what's wrong with todd it's all from that one scene yeah Yeah. and when he gets the blowtorch when he gets his head melted um again the the first editor that put that together only had just like a split second i'm like no i want to see the fluid dripping from his eye socket (laughs) that's so, what i want to see yeah. good I, uh, stuff eyeball yeah. stuff makes me cringe that was so gross but so well done i love thank that. you thank you i also liked it too just before he turns around he realizes something's wrong i like that he actually was ready for something to happen and then going hey you guys why is it so quiet all of a sudden he was ready i mean it didn't work out but he was ready I appreciate <laughs> right, that. right yeah <laughs> um originally we we're going to have him he's got headphones on so he's we we're going to have the music he's listening to on the headphones but the guy that does the score just came up with such a great piece for that section uh didn't put the music in so um but yeah no todd todd's great and todd i love his whole death scene there i mean it's i think he did a great a great mm-hmm. job there oh right. talking about eyeball gag did you see the one in for we are many that was Yes. Uh, I mean, that, that, yeah. Right, her so, heart walked around with her eyes covered. Finally, peeked to see, and apparently saw an antler. That yeah. was terrible and awesome. Yeah. So there's lots of antlers about. Yeah. Oh, there was a lot of antlers in that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a dangerous that, ass house. That was Jason's house. That was Jason's house. That the, he has real antler stuff everywhere. Oh wow. That is awesome. And we shot that like six months before the movie about where you can't look at the demons. What was that movie? Bird. 
Oh, oh the uh, bird box. Bird box. Yeah, we sh- we wrapped that like six months before that came out, but it was an anthology, so we were at the mercy of all the other directors and the, the company. By the time it came out, uh, I guess it's not as similar as Bird Box, but the whole point of that was to like pitch a bigger, a full length feature based on the premise of the demon that's so scary. If you look at him, you'll die. Uh, but Bird Box kind of took the steam out of that. Well, it was different enough. It could have could have worked. Oh yeah, I mean it's and it's a horror scenario, and yeah, it's right. Uh, yeah, it's different, and uh, uh, that's got Julian and Jason Choctaw Bill in. I like that. The whole when the guy looked under the bed, and then the dolls realization that was awesome. I'd watch yeah. a whole movie about that. Yeah, and if you look on the wall, there's like all these crosses and and pictures of Jesus. Yep. And and th- that was all there. They didn't decorate the set. Like all that was on that wall. That's Jason's uh, wife. It turns out that's like a big thing. It's like women with a bunch of crosses on a wall mm-hmm. and, and religious. And so, I mean, I know of one or two crosses on walls, but an entire wall of them. So that was perfect. And then the yeah. dolls and we had, uh, we had an amazing effects team work on that pink mist uh emma she's uh just moved out to la but she's been doing all this texas stuff and a lot of stuff that has been going to festivals uh vfw she worked on and um oh vfw was so good yeah yeah she worked on that so yeah so hopefully we can get her back to work on some of our stuff because all gag she knew exactly what it's funny because um I, we didn't get quite the angle that I wanted at first, but then uh, everything just, it, it ended up showing more than I expected. And uh, that's always a good thing. Oh yeah, for sure. And when that screened, the whole audience just lost their minds. <laughs> <laughs> so. I like it when she ended up on the ceiling. I was like, what? Right. Come on, this is great. I was not expecting that. You do that well. I usually go in with an open mind anyway, because I just want it to just roll out in front of me. But you do a lot of things that I'm never expecting. So that's thank awesome. you. Yeah, I really try and I, I try and come up with a an ending first. Um, once I've got the basic concept down, because I really want to build towards a and unexpected things occur. It was awesome. So yeah, uh, speaking of that shot where we where she was upside down, so uh we that was two days before we sh- we shot that short and one with the actors and one with all effects. And so with the actors, uh the rig we had to hold her upside down wasn't working and it was a room with huge windows we could not cover and the sun was coming up. So literally Jason and I held Julian by her legs and held her upside down while uh, they threw on the mask and came in for that final shot. We got it right when the sun started coming through the windows. So oh, wow. we got lucky. Yeah. There's pretty good sound design in that too, with the moaning. And mm-hmm. I really, I really like what sound guy did there. And a lot of that is Tom's voice. Uh, Tom, who is uh, knuckle bones. He is the, he also plays the demon Eli in that. So. Okay. He did a lot of the demon wailing. He spent a lot of time in ADR. If you watch his audition, you see a bunch of lines that didn't make it into the movie that were in the original script. <laughs> That's another reason I wanted to put it in there. 
Yeah, and I was wondering when watching that, how much of it was like his audition, how much of it was scripted, and how much of it was he just got into the character and just went off on his own. It's almost all of it is scripted, but he does his, you know, different takes on it that are, you know, totally changed the vibe. If he had a line, he would like ask me beforehand, but um, he came up with some good line. He came up with uh, some good kills. So, I mean, Tom, you know, Tom does everything. So he's an asset to the whole shoot and everything I've made since I've uh, asked him to be a part of. Well, I think that um, probably would help too, having somebody that, you know, like, you know, how he's going to deliver certain lines or how he's going to act in certain scenes without having to physically see him do it. So it, it, I guess it would make it easier um, when it comes to writing and when it comes to, you know, thinking up and, and, kind of blocking out scenes in your head because you already know how he's going to potentially portray it. Yes. And, you know, originally I was going to just play knuckle bones. I'm like, big deal. I'll put on the suit and I'll stabby stab and I'll, <laughs> I'll save some money. And then, uh, then I saw an actual actor like Tom doing it. And I'm like, Oh, I can never do this. I mean, it's, this is so good. So yeah. I mean, he working with it, he made it all so easy, but you know, he's very prepared and very professional and then when the you know when the camera starts rolling or the adr starts going he's insane which is what you dream of when you're yeah. writing something like this it seems like you had all the right crew and cast and it just made it that's what made it easy because we talked to uh patrick and he did not have all the right cast and crew in some of those instances and it was kind of brutal yeah I mean, it makes a difference and made, you know, it made it a lot. Uh, we had a pretty uh, grueling, but I mean, overall smooth shoot. I have no complaints about that. Being a first time director with no idea what I was doing. Wait, that was your first movie? Where did I miss that? It was uh, your first feature? First directing. Sorry. Uh, yes, first one I directed. Wow, that was really good for a verse. Thank you. That and for We Are Many are the only things I've directed other than like stage plays. See, people like you is what makes people who've never done anything think, oh, I can just make a movie then. No problem. Well, I'll tell you what it is. I had an Academy Award winner doing my special effects. And when you have an Academy Award winner on set, everybody steps up their game. You know, it's like even on a little low budget horror movie, it's like, when Bob would come in, everyone would bring out their A game. So, and he's just so good at what he does. Carlos, you hear that? You got to get out of your award winner. Yeah, yeah. I was very lucky. Well, if you get any serious headway, or it looks like that the the sequel is coming or finished or something, we'll have to have you back because I'm gonna want to talk about all the dirty details. I would really appreciate that. It was such a, a pleasure to have you here, Mitch. Thank you so much for for coming on and chatting with us thank you much so much for your support and for having me i really appreciate it i mean this this means the world in the world of indie horror people like you are supporting us and i'm glad you like the film this is the number one place for macabre cults classics and horrors for synopsis reviews and news go to macabre.com thank you for listening signing out until the next one